Welcome to the Recess Nurse Podcast. Elevating emergency nursing, one episode at a time. I'm your host, Yunsi Dursa. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Recess Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Yunsi Dursa. So I just want to quickly start off by saying happy Emergency Nurse Week and also happy PA Week. So today is a quick bonus episode on the nitty gritty of how to administer ketamine. So after speaking with Ruben uh, about ketamine, especially for pain, low dose ketamine for pain, I had a lot of other questions uh, in terms of the logistics of administering ketamine. So I reached out to Sergey Modov and he was happy to come onto the show. We did have a little bit of a technical difficulty, um, so we weren't able to uh, record the actual show. So I'm just going to relay the information from our telephone conversation. So the first question I had was, is everyone getting ketamine? I mean, what are we doing? Squirting ketamine to everybody who walks in the door um, who have pain that's not relieved by opioids? The answer ended up being, um, you know, they do start with the opioids. So do three rounds of opioids. And if that fails, and then they'll consider using ketamine. So generally speaking, the population uh, who ends up using ketamine for pain will be your chronic pain patients, uh, neuropathic, cancer, um, and then the opioid, opioid tolerant population. So the bolus dose should be given as a short infusion. So the dosage is 0.3 milligrams per kilogram. We're looking at pretty low doses here. And instead of just administering it as an IV push, um, you would insert it into a hundred milliliters of normal saline and then infuse that diluted ketamine over 15 minutes. So there are two different concentrations of ketamine that's available. You have 10 milligrams per ml, and then you also have 50 milligrams per ml. And they come in you know, various sizes. So some, some vials will end up having a total of 200 milligrams. Some will have 500 milligrams. But the most important part will be the concentration. These doses are low. So you're looking at a dose for a patient who's going to require ketamine, they may only need 10 milligrams, 15 milligrams, and 20 milligrams. So if your facility only has uh, 50 milligrams per ml as a concentration for ketamine, it is hard to try to, um, to try to do the math. You'd have to like dilute it, then pull it. It's pretty hard to do. So I would recommend... Uh, if you don't have pharmacy to mix it for you, um, to try to stock the 10 milligrams per ml vials, and it will be much easier for you to um, to prepare these uh, ketamine bolus doses. So in his, in his institution, pharmacy will mix it for the nurses. Um, and because the concern is there's a lot of waste, so they'll have one vial that opens up and then it's good for 24 hours. And so they use it as a multi-dose vial and prepare it. It's always in 100 milliliters of normal saline. And then 
they just uh the nurses will just infuse it over 15 minutes now is it exactly 15 minutes not necessarily so sometimes it's between uh 12 to 15 minutes um initially he said that when he first started administering ketamine in for this application every patient was on a monitor and every patient had this in short infusion bolus dose through a pump. Over time, they realized that they actually don't really need a pump for these patients, and these patients don't need to be on telemonitoring, at least just for the short infusion dose. Because this is such a low dose of ketamine for pain, um, there was no difference than injecting morphine as an IV push. The only thing that they did notice is that by giving it through as an like a short infusion bolus, uh, which is why they insert it in 100 mLs of saline, uh, it definitely decreased the amount of psychiatric emergence, or rather, your patients are not freaking out. So if you're giving even at a low dose um, with of ketamine and you're giving it as an IV push, there it was reported in his institution that there were higher incidences of unreality. So his study was published just a few months ago in the American Journal of Emergency Medicine. I'll put it in the show notes and you can read all about it. Uh, and then also a, a nurse did research on the similar, on basically the same topic. And she also found that the short infusion definitely, um, definitely reduced the amount of feelings of unreality as well. And that article is Cheryl Allen, and it was published in January of this year. Uh, and that was published in Pain Management Nursing. Now, if you have a patient who is obese, um, he said that the most, he, he gives a maximum of 30 milligrams uh, for that initial bolus dose. Um, so if because everything is weight-based, at some point, you'll switch over to the ideal body weight instead of using the actual body weight. Okay, so now for the continuous infusion, um, it's 100 milligrams of ketamine in 100 mLs of normal saline. So it's super easy to understand because it's a one-to-one -one ratio. I like easy math. I don't know about you. <laughs> um, and... The continuous infusion dose will start at 0.1 milligrams per kilogram. And then every 30 minutes, they're titrating. So it seems like the providers are more involved in the titration of ketamine versus, versus like a norepinephrine drip where you just have a target map or target systolic blood pressure and then you, you just titrate to effect. Um, so every 30 minutes, it's a reevaluation. And, uh, and then titrate up and down as necessary. And now not everyone is getting this continuous infusion. So it really kind of depends on the presentation of the patient. So most patients, the bolus dose is all that they need. And then they're like, you know what? I feel great. I'm ready to go home. Good. Let them go home. <laughs> uh, you just got one more ED disposition. But for other people, that bolus dose, it's like sort of helping, but it's not quite there yet. So you have to do the bolus dose and then you'll do a continuous strip following. Um, and then a majority of the patients will get discharged after two to three hours of the continuous therapy. 
and and feel good. So the question I had was, okay, out of the seven years that you've been doing this, is that has there been any abuse of ketamine? Out of the seven years that he's been using ketamine for pain, no one has walked into his ER asking for ketamine. Like, hey, can I please have ketamine? So I find this statement absolutely brilliant. Um, I think ketamine should definitely be considered as an alternative if the opioids are not working initially. And we'll see over time if the addictive qualities of ketamine are minimized, especially with how we're administering it. Uh, we know that there are huge problems in China, but we're not really seeing the same type of problems here in the United States. And time will tell. But it's nice to hear for seven years, there really isn't much of a demand for ketamine the same way how uh, the same way how we have some patients demand dilaudid for their pain management. So uh, this is definitely a medication to continue to watch if you're not uh, if you're still unsure about administering it. But so far, everything looks pretty positive. So that's it for today. I just wanted to give you the nitty gritty details on how to administer low-dose ketamine for pain. And I really hope that this helps. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Yunsi Dursa. Peace. You've just listened to an episode of the Recess Nurse Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Yunsi Dursa. Check out the website, recessnurse.com for show notes, a place to leave your comments, and start a conversation. You can also follow me on iTunes, Twitter, and Facebook. 